Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Aaron Allen, and this is The Rundown. Well, this opened a few years ago, and when you're walking or driving down Clark Street, you wouldn't even really notice that there's a magic place there. This is freelance journalist Robert Lowerzell. He's been looking into Chicago's suddenly vibrant magic scene. And the magic place he's talking about is a pretty unique venue in Andersonville, the Chicago Magic Lounge. The front of the building looks like an industrial laundry. When you walk in the front door, you're in a little room that has washing machines. Wait, so there's actual washing machines? actual washing machines. But there's like a little secret door that opens. And behind the washing machines, you enter this almost museum-like room with magic posters and magic props. And there's a bar in there with people behind the bar doing card tricks. Two theaters in there. So it's really... It's just such a neat place to uh, yeah. walk in and to see magic being performed inside there. Take me back to, to this washing machine door. So how like what, what, how big is this human-sized door? It's a human-sized door. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're like, you got to go. You just got to go. I feel like I'm spoiling the surprise by explaining yeah. it to her. <laughs> Magic is this wondrous, amazing thing that is so fun, but I honestly forget about it half the time. I can't remember the last time I was even at a circus, let alone sitting around watching a magic show. I'm pretty sure that's going to change after this conversation, though. Apparently, magic is alive and well in Chicago right now. Plenty of places where you can go to get your little mind blown. In fact, Chicago's magic history is pretty deep. At one point, some of the world's most talented musicians, including Harry Houdini, were making big moves around here. Robert talked to a bunch of local musicians to find out why magic is taking off again in the city. He's going to tell us about that and where to find some good shows. But first, he takes us back to the early days, to the beginning of magic in Chicago. Well, this goes back to 1890 or thereabouts. Uh, when you get to 1893 in the World's Columbian Exposition, which was the huge World's Fair here, yeah. uh, Harry Houdini uh, and his brother were performing there. They weren't famous yet, but they were getting started performing magic. And in the years after that, Houdini became really a superstar, uh, living in Wisconsin much of the time, but coming to Chicago and performing at the downtown theaters here. Harry Blackstone also became very big in the early 1900s. So this was considered the golden age of magic, which lasted mm. from maybe 1890 through about 1930 or so, when magicians were performing predominantly at big theaters where they're performing illusions like sawing the woman in half or causing a body to levitate. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing my latest invention... And then that kind of faded away during the Depression, and what emerged in Chicago was a very Chicago style of magic, which is known as close-up magic. So this is when you have a magician uh, walking around a restaurant or standing behind a bar in a saloon, mm. and uh, they'll be performing tricks with things like cards right in front of people. 
sort of amazing you on a much smaller scale than those, yeah. you know, big scale things that Houdini was doing. And that's what Chicago became known for. Do you have a sense of why that kind of close, kind of more personal magic experience became so popular here? That's a good question. Uh, maybe it has something to do with, you know, Chicago's famous as a city of neighborhoods. And so you mm. have lots of small bars and restaurants, fewer, you know, mm. chain places. So there's okay. a sort of opportunity for if someone's running an establishment out in the neighborhood and they want to come up with uh, something that will draw in people, maybe if we add a magician that will that will lure in more customers. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, magicians kind of started to leave the city. Magic was not such a big industry anymore. Can you talk about when that was and, and why that happened? I think it's probably around the 70s or the 80s. You had some of the older magicians uh, dying off. Newer ones hadn't really come in yet. And um, there's also, and this is Mm -hmm. true with acting and music and other fields of entertainment, there's always that lure of moving to the coasts. You know, you can make it in Chicago, but, you know, maybe... New York or Las Vegas or someplace like that as a bigger draw if you really want to make it and be famous. So some of the magicians would gravitate more towards those places. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked with uh, Joey Cranford, who's one of the owners of the Chicago Magic Lounge in Andersonville, and and he talked about this, if we want to listen to uh, some of my interview with him. In the heyday of magic, this was the magic hub of the world. We had more magic shops per capita. We had, you know, prop builders. We had close-up bars. We, had, we were a magic hub, but all that went away. Um, a lot of performers would go to the Magic Castle in Hollywood, and then they would just live out there. A lot of the bar magicians would then go to Vegas and work out there somewhere. And the magic kind of left Chicago he mentioned the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Can you talk about that place? Well, it's a private club in Hollywood, which kind of became a mecca for magicians. And, what, mm. you know, one of the most famous places where they would go to perform. You know, Chicago really doesn't have anything like that, although maybe some of these places uh, could develop into something like that someday. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to now, though, Chicago is having this magic renaissance, what is sparking that? Well, there's a few things. I mean, I think we might be having a renaissance of magic in other places too, but in Chicago, for years, you've had a very lively storefront theater scene. You've got the uh, comedy scene. And some of the people performing in those areas uh, decided to add magic to what they do. Uh, So you have Mm. someone like uh, Dennis Watkins. He was one of the people who started doing a show at the House Theater where he played Harry Houdini, and that became a big hit. And Mm. then he started doing a magic show, and he's been doing that for 15 years now and has just uh, moved into a new space uh, that the Goodman Theater and Petarino's Restaurant set up uh, downtown. So you have people like that, and I think there's this kind of came to be uh, people see more demand for it. Uh, people are seeing uh, the Penn and Teller TV show. Can you see it down here? So I want you to see down here where I'm pointing my index finger because I think it says very clearly that you fooled us. Can you see that right down there? Mm. And America's Got Talent is another TV yeah. show that frequently features magicians. You wanted a four of diamonds. Right in front of you, I thought, what the heck? Simon, there's my four. 
And so younger people are getting interested both in uh, seeing magic performances and also learning how to do it. Reading this in your story got me really excited. I'm like ready to go check out some of these acts. <laughs> um, you know, it's been so long since I've I seen a, a magic trick. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. like takes you back. But it's also, I mean, it's wondrous whether you're a child or, or an adult. So in doing all this reporting, you saw a lot of magic shows. <laughs> yeah, I went to a few. Yeah. Tell me about, do you have a favorite? Well, I already mentioned Dennis Watkins, and I just have to say that his show is uh, so astonishing. I mean, I, mm. I'm a skeptic when it comes to things like uh, ESP and psychics and things like that. So okay, I don't think there's any real magic involved in what he's doing. But at the same time, I have no idea how he's able to do what he does. People, he, he has people do things like write down a word or a name or think of a number and somehow is able to figure it out. And I, as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, like, are there hidden cameras watching me? Uh, the one little audience participation thing that he had me do was to uh, take a die, a playing die, and hold it in my hand. And I was cupping it. And so, you know, I was I just had to think of what number is in the top of the die. And somehow, as I went through the numbers, he was able to figure out. And I don't think I had any tell. Like, is he <laughs> somehow able to read my face and know when he's got the right number? He mystified the skeptic. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, talent. Yeah. No, that's um, that's really cool. Uh any other places you would uh, mention as far as where one can go in Chicago to find a magic show? There's a shop called Sideshow Gelato, uh, which is a gelato shop. And they also do sideshows with sword swallowers and they have magic there. <laughs> so there's like a theater in there. And it, it, that does feel a little weird. It's like you're walking into a dessert shop, but there's a weird things on display like yeah. shrunken heads and things like that. And then there's, you know, a spot in the back where you go in to see some magic being performed. Yeah. And a doctor named Ricardo Rosencrantz, who also performs as a magician, he calls himself the magician physician. He took over a place called the Rhapsody Theater, which mm. um, it's on Morse Avenue in Rogers Park. And so the theater has been there for a long time. It was recently called the main stage when it was a um, concert venue. And uh, he has this kind of philosophy of seeing magic almost as part of a healing process where it kind of it reaches oh, that's right. people's souls or their minds and makes them feel better. He's teaching like a ma magic of medicine class, right? Yeah, yeah he does. Tell me about that. <laughs> Well, I haven't sat in on his class, so I'm really curious uh, exactly how his <clears throat> medical students use it. He he practices as a pediatrician, and uh, yeah. I, I'm curious uh, to catch his show, actually, and see more of his uh, magic medicine, how he melds them together. That is so fascinating. Um, a lot of these places are more on the north side. I'm wondering if you came across shows in any other parts of the city, like the south side, the west side. You know, when I was searching for venues to list with my story, I had some trouble finding places on the south side and west side. I'm mm -hmm. sure they're out there, but it is sort of concentrated downtown and on the north side. And, you know, the, the field of magicians has been dominated by white men for a long time, but there are there mm -hmm. is some change going on with that. Um, one of the People who works at uh, the Chicago Magic Lounge in Andersonville is Benjamin Barnes, who is African-American. Mm. He's the entertainment director. 
And they've also mentioned to me that a lot of their touring uh, magicians that they have coming in now are from South America. So there's apparently a very, you know, lively field of magic down in South America. And some of those magicians from down there are coming up to tour in the United States. Um, as, as magic is starting to boom again, I mean, you mentioned that this is happening all over the country. Um, do you see that that changing even more in general? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about women also in addition to people of color. Yes. Again, it's uh, sort of, as I said, it's kind of a male-dominated field, but you do see yeah. some uh, female magicians uh, going way back. There was, in the days of Houdini, there was a famous uh, female magician known as the Queen of Magic, uh, Adelaide Herman. And you mm. can see posters of her on the wall at the Chicago Magic Lounge. Okay. And there's a uh, there's a popular Chicago magician who performs under the name Lucy Darling, who is in the downtown uh, venue Teatro Zanzani. So that's where huh. you can catch her act. Okay. Thank you for those suggestions. Um I want to shift gears a little bit. I really loved a part of your reporting on this when you talked to some of the magicians about reframing the phrase magic trick. Um, you got a few of them waxing poetic about connection and, and mystery. And I wonder if you can share with me what they told you about that. Yeah. I mean, some of these people sort of shied away from using the word trick. And I think it might just be because it sounds like uh, it makes it sound more like a con game or something. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be honest, they are tricks. I mean, you're sitting there and you're being fooled, but on, on the one hand, you're trying, my brain is going, trying to figure out how is this person doing this? But on the other oh, hand, yeah. you kind of don't want to know and just go along with yeah. the, the yeah. wonder of the whole thing. Uh-huh. But one of the people I talked to about this uh, was Joey Cranford, the person uh, who runs the uh, Magic Lounge in Andersonville. And he had a philosophy that he learned from uh, the people who ran Shulian's restaurant in Chicago many years ago. I, I think he heard what their philosophy had been. And so he talked to me about that. Mm. So Matt Shulian had a philosophy and uh, Shulian said, magic is people. Um, it's the interaction. It's the person to person relationship that you have when you're showing them an amazing trick or, or an illusion or showing them something a little bit of the impossible um, it's allowing that person in on a miraculous moment that they wouldn't normally have so does that resonate with you as a person who's been going to see these shows in the last few months oh yeah definitely it's a very sort of communal experience in a way i'm a person who goes out a lot to see uh like you know i go to movies by myself so mm-hmm. i'm not always w- with someone when I go out to see entertainment, yeah. but f- for, for with magic, you really want to have a friend with you okay, and have a conversation and you're both watching these magicians perform and sort of like sharing your questions about like, <laughs> how did that person do that? And then just the other people in the room, you kind of start to de- develop a bond with the other people as you're all experiencing this together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun watching uh, people's reactions to what is happening and how... <laughs> If you're feeling amazed and you look over and you see someone else and their like mouth is hanging open, it's like you, you know that you're not the only one with this reaction. So that's fun. Yeah. Robert Lowerzell is a Chicago author, freelance journalist, and photographer. Robert, thank you. Thank you, Erin. 
You can check out Robert's article at WBEZ.org. It's called, Is Chicago Becoming the Best City for Magic? And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago, and it's a part of the NPR network. And shout out to one of our listeners, Wagsaw, that gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts and said we were their favorite Chicago news podcast. Thank you, Wagsaw. I appreciate you. And if you love the show, please rate us and review us as well. I will personally shout out every single five-star reviewer. FYI, we are off on Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We'll be back on Tuesday. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later.